The following Toku podcast to contain spoilers from both past and present Tokusatsu, anime, manga, movies and other related media. If you do not wish to be spoiled we suggest turning off the podcast now. Otherwise please enjoy the show. Hello everybody, welcome to the Tokusatsu Podcast, the best show about Tokusatsu you've probably ever heard of. As always, I'm AJ, that's Jay. You guys remember when that time there was a Chinese Justice League? Which time? Uh, the time after Flashpoint. The the one that Again? was just called the Justice League of China, because, you know, they have they have no... They have no marketing department, so it's just whatever the first name. But they've came they've behind. they've done they've done Flashpoint like seventeen times now. Uh, at this point, they have. I mean, I'm pretty sure that it was like, I don't know, a Taiwanese Flash at this point. I think I there know. is actually. Oh fuck's sake! Well, <laughs> is she, is she Taiwanese? I don't remember. She she. There there is in fact an Asian Flash, but I don't remember. She wow, is coincidentally yeah. part of the Chinese Justice League. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. And today we have a very special guest. You probably heard, you probably uh, know him from an interview we just did, uh, which was about a week ago for you guys, but uh, it was like about five minutes away from us. Uh, a Mr. Lucas Nias. Please introduce yourself to this. Hello. Uh, when you guys... Uh this might be an annoying request. When you guys bring me on, can you uh, can you add the Inframan theme song? Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> I think that's pretty uh, doable. Which which part was this theme song? It, it just noise happened after a while. <laughs> the Inframan's theme song is like the well. First of all, it's like royalty free library music. What? It's like the bum 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 bum. There's no original music in this movie. Uh, it's all archival music or it's just taken from uh common writer or ultra Sense. yes Dude, i'm not gonna i'm not even gonna it's lie. uh when i it's sir, not to not to be that guy and one-up you it's ultra seven and mirror man actually what oh. a bitch i know right well to be fair it's the same composer but still uh you know, I, I had to be that guy. I'm the trivia douche, so of course I had to do. I had to. Oh, no, yeah. this is why we're here. It's fair, yeah, yeah. M- uh, Mister Mister J, who couldn't fucking uh, identify uh, Mama Rumiano that one time. Ugh. Yes. Uh, don't remind me, dude. Tis I say, dude. Honestly, Jay. You know, before we get into what we're talking about, you ever watch that video with uh, Mike and Jay while they're doing the the Star Trek trivia? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your 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 Mike your Mike got that one question where he's like slapping his head like ah oh, duh like a fucking nerd. That's you, dude. <laughs> that is true because usually it is one of those like oh that's such an obvious answer I should have known it. <laughs> oh, I I knew the warp drive ran on those crystals. Um, but yeah, lithium. <laughs> I had to do God it. I'm sorry. Damn it. Anyways, oh, we were ta- we were talking about Star Trek earlier. Anyways, we were. Um, so yes, yeah, so our friend here, Lucas Nias, as you've heard from the interview before, he is here to talk to us, and by us he means you, the viewer. Well, not viewer. You're not watching this. You're listening to this. How can you? How can you watch a podcast? Anyways, but yes, he's here to talk Very to carefully. us about Super Inframan. Now I'm going to give it to Lucas because he is our guest of honor. Lucas, what the fuck is Super Inframan? I well, first of all, I'm thrilled to be talking to you guys about this. I love this movie. I think. I'm being genuine when I say I think this is a five-star perfect movie. Um, I think I, w- I want to. I think this would be a good place to hang our hat on. This is a good little preface for our discussion. This is from Roger Ebert's review of Super Inframan, 
uh, his closing thought, he said, when they stop making movies like Inframan, a little light will go out of the world. And I think that's nice. And I think he's right. <laughs> I, would, I would agree. Jay, what is it with... The, have you, do you notice every once in a while we get on like a pattern of like references that keep coming up in this show? We're like... <laughs> On, on the Crunky cast, we were talking about Roger Ebert. Earlier, we were talking about Roger Ebert, and now we're here again with the Roger Ebert quote. It's, it's just, fucking it, beautiful. It, it's one of those weird uh, synchronicities that comes up, you know, when, especially when you oh. talk about uh, Super Inframan, or, and I'm going to, I am going to kick myself if I don't mention this title at least once. The, origi- the original title, which is, and I swear to God, I'm not joking, Chinese Superman. Uh, <laughs> the, that is, that is not. Me joking, that is the literal direct translation of the Chinese title. Chinese That's Superman. Beautiful. They li- I look I looked it up. The original poster literally has the Superman S on the poster. It's not I actually that kinda that kinda goes into a, a little bit where they, they rip off the, the Warner Brothers intro at the opening. Yes, that, they do. They do. I I love that. Shaw Brothers Shaw Scope. Shaw Scope is so funny to me. I love that one. That's like that. That's such a great little like personal touch. A little nice personal gag is just your your audience is not going to get this, but somebody else is going to notice this reference. (laughs) It's just it's a great indicator for me now when I watch a Shaw Brothers movie and that little logo comes on and I'm like. Here we go, an hour and a half of fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, to go back to what we were saying originally, um, so Lucas, please do tell us what exactly is Super Inframan, Super Chinese Superman about? Super Inframan is about, and again, this is possibly the perfect premise for a movie. Uh, Princess Dragon Mom uh, is destroying the world. She has her seven monsters. She has a bunch of skeleton goons uh, and they're going to destroy the world and you need Inframan to stop him. They need to create an Inframan and Inframan will take care of business. Mm. Uh, and I love, can I just say also, I love Inframan. I wish he was real. <laughs> if he was real, I think we would be good friends. Me, yeah, I would I would agree with you. I, I, w- <laughs> I wish he was real. I wish I could You'd be You'd have to friend. be careful because if he touches you, you'd fucking blow up. Well, to be fair, I mean, you could touch anything and you'd blow up. Like everything in this movie, explain. I guess that's the 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 best thing to start with the movie is everything in this movie explodes all the time for no reason. It's, Why? Because they just live on a fucking planet I, of I, fucking I, nuclear reactors. I they, guess they must have made all the props of this movie out of friggin' potassium or something because it's just like <laughs> like the slightest touch or vibration and it. Boom, I mean, have, did you see the fucking smoke. car at the beginning? That shit was made of potassium. Oh my god! The, e- the escalation in the opening scene of this movie is so funny. Uh, it goes from zero to ten so quick. It's, oh uh, r- yes. Uh, so I guess that would be a great place to start. Yeah, this movie starts off with like, it's just happy children just laughing, and then they fucking fall off a cliff, and then it just turns to everything just getting fucking firebombed out of nowhere. Also, the bus driver like. The bus driver dies. He's, like, screaming for help. Also, I have to say, since we're getting into the plot of this movie, the most baffling thing I found in the Wikipedia page for Inframan, it starts off in the year 2015. Wait, hold on. <laughs> what? <laughs> you sure about that? Does it? 
do the do they ever once say in this movie that it's 2015? No, well, maybe I mean, in the China, maybe in the original <laughs> Chinese version. I don't know. Jay, let's be honest though. There's like 50% of this movie fucking missing because they don't explain like 50% of what's going on. Probably. There's, a, there's like a calendar in science headquarters that says 2015 in the background or something. I like guess half so. The time, like half the time, they'd be like, oh my God, it's Inframan. It's like, how the fuck do you know what that is? Like he's existed for 10 minutes. How do you know who he is? Yeah. No, the, the main villain knows his name and I'm like, what the fuck? How, how do you know him? You haven't even met him. He doesn't even exist yet. How do you know who he is? (laughs) That is my favorite detail I picked up on, especially on this watch, when Inframan first transforms, has been around for 30 seconds, and he, like, flies out, and everyone on the street is like, Inframan! Right? Like, 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 uh, so excited. Like, I I almost went Mr. Plinkett, that is like, how do you know that? How do you know that? Well, I mean, obvious, obviously, he's an inframan. Look at him. I mean, what else would he be? I mean, we've had, we have he's so many of them running around. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, he's he's just that inframan, John inframan. Instead of Paul inframan, the from down the street. Yeah, exactly. Motherfucker still didn't hasn't given me back my lawnmower. Um, <laughs> no, it's funny because the the way to set the mood for this entire movie is is no set piece. It's literally the line, sir. 10,000 people died in a volcano today. Weird. <laughs> well, I mean, again, with everything exploding in this movie, that's probably just normal. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Just people, you know, people die in a volcano every few minutes. It's like getting hit by a car. It's just the amount that's weird. You know, like, yeah, a couple thousand people usually die by volcano every day, but like like 10,000 at once. Mm, that's a little suspicious. Yeah. That's a bit peculiar. It's a, you know a little out of the ordinary. Uh, <laughs> look, I'm gonna be honest, guys. This movie, its plot is just as explosive as everything in this world. Everything just happens. It, it's kind of like, I mean, the be- Luke has kind of summarized <laughs> the best way. There, there are evil monsters. They want to do something uh, evil. And so there is an Inframan, and Inframan fights the monsters. That's it. That's basically the plot of the movie. You don't really need any more than that. <laughs> and th- there's like, there's kind of a plot. There's kind of like, like the villain has plans. They're not very good plans, but they're plans. And Inframan uh, has to stop Lucas. them. I. So first of all, not first of all, but Princess Dragon Mom shows up. Who I I love her. <laughs> Is that uh, her actual I also name? Wi- I, that I also is, wish she was that real. That is, in fact, her name. I uh, again because I was looking up information. Um, her name is like Elzebub in Chinese, which I I have no idea what the fuck that's supposed to mean. But dr- yeah, Demon Princess Elzebub, yeah. and it's like a play on Beelzebub. Yeah, it makes sense. So <laughs> I, I just like the name Princess Dragon Mom a little bit it's, better. I think that's more she, fun. It looks like she has Ghidorah on her head. <laughs> she kind of does. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, and I love, then, I love her, her little outfit. And then her I love side, her look. Yeah, and her sidekick has like Commodore Guy's fucking helmet on her head too. It's great. I love, I love, I forget the exact line, but when they first like come out of like cryostasis or whatever, like they come out of the volcano... And Princess Dragon Mom summons her, like, assistant, ward, 
she demon and she's like she she demon come over here and she demon says something like i pledge allegiance to you forever <laughs> which is such a which is such a funny opening dude line. honestly that, that that's, that's kind of coming on a little strong it's like we just met it's like uh, like okay i mean glad to know you're on the team but uh, i think you're over you're really eyeing for a promotion already jeez I, honestly, you're not like, getting dental so, like the way they all of the villains are introduced are great because like you have the entire introduction with uh princess dragon yes. mom and of course you have to say it the full time every single time uh <laughs> much like they do for inframan and uh pdm yeah i like i like because her introduction is uh it's all over the place because like she, she's this dragon monster and comes out of the ground and there's explosions and, you know, volcanoes and then she has her secret base and all, you know, it's all the shit. She's teleporting around, do just insane stuff. But then like, then you have the uh, scene of course, where uh she demon, her, her sidekick walks in and she just kind of like walks in. She doesn't really get an introduction. She's just kind of there already. And then you have the, uh, the introduction with the monsters where they're, they're all just kind of hanging around this room like, some of them bust out of the, the little, like, cryo tubes, which I thought was, like, it was funny that some of them are already standing outside of it, and then a few of them just, like, break out. I like that. I like that detail. It's like, oh, you guys are just late. But I love the way they introduce <laughs> it, because, like, they're just standing there in a room, like, chuckling with each other, and, like, like going, ah. <laughs> it's, it's the world's greatest hot bot session. Literally. That's that's the joke <laughs> I made to myself. It's like, oh, we're just watching them have a party. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, dude, they're just having fun. I have at least fun. eight hours of thoughts on the monsters. Oh, yeah? Um, <laughs> I Well, yeah, their introductions are great, because one... Yeah, like some of them burst out of like ice in the wall. Like they like raw and they like burst through. And then one of them, I think it's the devil monster, like a big pill. Oh yeah! And then yeah it, oh my god! Yeah, and yes. then it explodes. Dude, holy shit! It was like it's. I saw that and I was like, oh my god! Will Smith's sweater from Fresh Prince came in. <laughs> Also, the explosion is crazy. It like shakes the camera, like the entire room shakes. <laughs> that wasn't um, that wasn't even kayfabe. That was a shoot. The whole room literally shook. Too much gunpowder in that one. Yeah. <laughs> Can I also? I I have the names of all the monsters written down. They had my names. Doing a little rundown. I heard like one they or have, two. Yeah. Go. I mean, some of these, uh, some of these, I think are just like someone made up. <laughs> Probably. Um. I so first we've got fire dragon possibly. <laughs> My least favorite. He is the like tall, scaly humanoid. He has like a crown and a mustache. Oh, that I guy! Don't think I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I like him. He's my least favorite. He reminded me a lot of uh, like a like a like a portrait of like a Hindu deity. He has that kind of look to him. That uh, mm-hmm. that weird like the the swirly mustache and the crown and just like the, his overall face facial structure. You see that a lot in like Asian mythology type of paintings. So. I wonder if that was an inspiration or not. There's a big feeling. I mean, I don't hate him. I don't. I can't hate any of these no. monsters. But I get the feeling that like six of these monsters were designed by one guy, and then Fire Dragon was designed by someone else. It like feels very at odds with all the other monster designs. <sighs> Potentially. I up next, definitely my favorite Spider Monster. He is the big fat red bug. Dude, uh, I saw him and I was like, bro, someone's fucking like, mo- like it's like someone's monster. Like his dad came in for him that day. 
Like he's got a fucking beer belly. He, he's my favorite. He's a little rascal. <laughs> he's great. I love his design. He's like uh he looks like somebody half remembering Spider Man from Common Rider. <laughs> yes, he does. He's like oh, he's got the the three eyes and he's got like the claw hand. He's got the things on his head. He's this kind of color, you know. I love him. He's he is adorable, honestly, in a weird way. <laughs> it feels some of them feel genuinely menacing. He's just like fuck. That, that, that's the profile picture. <laughs> it should be. But no, it's just because like I guess it's because he's covered in like bright orange fur. He's just like he's he looks warm and fuzzy. He also he has the most fun powers. Like I like he shoots those little web bombs that traps people in like a little like orb of webs. Oh yeah. And then it doesn't he doesn't he grow giant at one point for no good reason? He does grow giant. He just Inferman felt like also it. grows giant. I have to say I have this in my notes. The effect when the spider monster grows huge, it's like a seamless effect. No, yeah, it's uh I, it looks really good. Yeah, they beat they beat Ultraman to doing that one, doing the uh, seamless uh, growth effect. I mean, actually, funny enough, they they literally use the uh, the Ultraman sound when uh, Inframan grows. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, no, I was a uh, a lot of the effects in this movie were pretty impressive, especially with what the you know the general technology at the time and the uh, budget of the time. You know, obviously, this movie probably had no budget. Uh, but a lot of, you know, a lot of it's, you're fairly simple, just kind of drawing onto the negative of the film. Like, you, you know, you get the laser beams that are kind of hand painted on there. Love that. And it looks good. It looks really good. You know, obviously, of course, you know, a lot of those kind of amateurish low budget productions, they, they never get them straight on there. You always get like the, the really yeah. lazy, like very still shot so you know you can dry it on there but no they they do it fairly complex a lot of the times and for the most part they pull it off oh 100 percent um i go for it yeah i think i think the crux of what i'm gonna get back to the monsters don't worry but the crux of what i like about this movie is that it doesn't feel like any idea was cut Mm. like it feels like the shaw brothers could have done like oh we're doing a toku movie we're like this thing is popular in japan let's try and do it and then like oh well you guys can't do uh this 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 and this and this and this uh and they cut out like half the movie um because they don't have a lot a ton of money and resources to work with it feels like they did everything they wanted to do actually i will say that is something that i do feel the movie does both both as a good thing and probably and as as a positive and as a negative where Mm. it really does feel like hey what are we going to do? This. Uh, is that too expensive? Fuck no. Throw it in there. Are you sure? I we'll mean, the pacing. Pacing? Pacing. Motherfucker, we'll, did we'll you see what we, we just blew up a fucking car? There's no pacing. Uh. <laughs> Inframan Infra just grew big and stepped on Spider-Man. Oh, my God, dude. When he stepped on him, I was I was surprised. It was su- shockingly violent. I, I, I was a little sad. I wish... Inf- I wish Inframan had stepped on a monster I, I didn't like. Mm. Um, but also, I love the effect where the spider monster, like, reaches down to grab Inframan with his big claw. And it's just a huge claw they made. I, there's behind-the-scenes photos online of just, like, a huge, like, 20-foot-tall claw that they're, like, dangling from a crane. <laughs> that, that is one great. thing that I will, that I will put to, uh, to, again, to a positive of this movie. If you love practical effects, 
God, this movie is like practi- I mean, it's from the seventies, granted, but it's so fucking fun to watch. It's like seeing how they did some of these effects. You're kind of thinking, I know how that's done, but that's done so well that I'm like really into it. Like, oh, um, yeah. like the tentacles from a fucking <laughs> vegan Skeletor over there. Like that was pretty fun to watch. That I love, I love Vegan Skeletor. I don't know what his real name is, but Vegan Skeletor was like, yeah, I like this guy. I like this guy a lot. He's so wacky. And this voice actor really played it up. He's like, yes, I want to kill Inframan. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, so the not just the the effects in general, but a lot of like the suits were really good for obviously not having much of a budget. The uh, hero I, headquarter jackets were fucking fantastic. Oh, I I looked it up actually, and uh, the the what was it like science headquarters? I think they were just called like something yeah. painfully yes. generic. Yes. Like their costumes, the Inframan costume. Uh, I think the monsters as well, but I don't remember. They were all done by uh, a company called Ekasu Productions, who. If you've ever seen a Showa-era tokusatsu show, you've seen their work. They did stuff for, obviously, you know, Ultraman, Mirror Man, uh, early Kamen Rider. Uh, they did the suits for the Gamera movies. They've done a okay. lot of stuff. So this See, is I was like... Gonna say, I was going to say, I'd be surprised if they didn't do the uh, suits for uh, uh, the Mechagodzilla movie. Because they look very similar. And, I and think... That's, and that shininess. I'm pretty sure they did. But yeah, I, I love those suits. Even with, you know, not nearly as much of a budget as 70s Toei had, which to be fair was not a whole lot, but uh, <laughs> in comparison, uh everything looks good, you know, it, it looks very well made. You know, there are a lot of like you know, we've we've seen a couple like local hero shows and stuff and those those get like not to knock on the production studios or the production teams but like there's there's a level of amateurishness. This, this, the bit, the bit, the I apologize. There's that kind of level of amateurishness where they just didn't put in enough effort to kind of keep it nice and clean looking, even though they probably had the budget to. Where they kind of went a little like too much style over the substance. I guess you know it's not the best analogy. But now, no, Jay, I mean you, you be nice to Evolver. <sighs> <laughs> Evolver wasn't Evolver touched me in a place that I can't say. Uh, hey, at least Hagano got paid. It's true. I hope at least. But no, I mean like they all they're all very solidly made. There's no obvious zippers or hang, you know, parts hanging off or them using packing tape to hold stuff together. Okay, I have to stop you though, Jay. There is one part with Vegan Skeletor where you can clearly see the guy inside falling out of the suit. Okay. Really? There well, is. I've never there, there is a part where Ultra, for Ultraman <laughs> or Inframan comes in. He ki- he kicks Vegan Skeletor during the forest. He kicks him. And it the guy is clearly like, it, I don't think they zipped up the suit before the shoot. Hey, that's oh, the, I know what you're talking and about. And you can see the about. guy's back and a little bit of his underwear. And I'm like, oh, Oops. dude. <laughs> That's hey, that's a feature of the costume, not a bug. Okay, Todd. <laughs> I've got a, on on the topic of that fight in the forest, and this will lead back into my monster rundown. But just like the fight choreography in this is obviously bananas. Mm. It is so nuts to butts awesome. But just the fact in serious props to 
every guy inside a monster suit who is nailing the choreography. It is crazy. Like, every fight in this movie is with Inframan and the monsters and the skeleton goons, and they're all wearing crazy costumes, and they're all nailing it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Honestly, none of those suits look like they would be comfortable to see out of. And, like, we've, we know what Kamen Rider helmets are like, usually. I can only imagine what Super Inframan's helmet was like. Oh, yeah. And, uh, honestly, just in general, props to all of the fights. Like, you get the... They... You know, the the one of many times where it's Inframan and the generic science headquarter guys in fights against the mooks and all the monsters, which they do, like, five times. They do the giant brawl. And every time, you know, it's... It's fresh, it's interesting, they very rarely repeat the same kind of uh, stunts or fight scenes. I mean, there's there's the one asshole who's always doing the same moves every single time, but uh, well, we'll talk about him in a moment, because there's a, there's a fun little bit of trivia with that dude, but um, we'll, we'll save that for after the monster roll call. I think I also, this is my last thought before we finish monster roll call. It, it does make me very sad that there is no... From what I can find, there is no record of any of the guys who are in the monster suits. Mm. Um, because I would have loved to shout out by name uh, whoever was in the spider monster suit. That looks like the most cumbersome costume in the world. And he is just like nailing every punch and kick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, monster number three. Uh, this is the guy who I believe we were referring to as Vegan Skeletor, uh, <laughs> Plant Monster, who has that wonderful fight in the woods. Um, he is also the one who leads the attack on Science Headquarters at the beginning. Mm. Um, he is, he's basically a, like a, a monster of vines. He has like a, a scary looking face. Um, he also, he, he goes into the ground and like comes up and he's like... He has huge vines going everywhere that attack science headquarters. One of my favorite miniature effects when he when he like burrows underground. Yes, and I wanted to. Oh yeah, the film was, reversed. Oh, that was such a good fucking. That was a legit good effect. I, the first time I saw this, I was like, I hope they keep this shot until he's fully underground and like the ground evens out, and they do. They hold on it for a long time. <laughs> they they were proud of that shot. That's I would great. be. All right, next monster. Mutant drill. This one, this guy has like the most personality. He's the one with the big drill for a hand. Oh, I fucking love that. He's kind of like a mole looking guy. He's the one, he's like the most verbal. Like a lot of them just are like, yeah, or like rah, rah, rah. He like says full sentences. (laughs) Oh, he's he's a chatty dude. Yeah, he's a, but he's got a lot of energy to him. I think uh, his dub voice actor helps a lot because he's got that, he's got a good, he's got a good solid bad guy voice going on too. He's very powerful. I, I think, yeah, uh, but I, I like the design. He's like uh, the the drill is definitely interesting. You don't you see you don't you typically don't see that a whole lot. Even nowadays, like weapon arm, like one weapon arm, one normal arm. Even even like like show era, they did that a little bit. Like uh, I know Ultraman kind of has a couple like that, but mm-hmm. like the closest you really get even modern day is like retrofitted older suits, like the, the Baltins, obviously, and. Um, is it? It's not Ace Killer. I'm thinking of, but it's uh, there's the there's that one Ultraman kaiju who's got like the, like the weird gauntlet with the double blade on the end. I don't remember uh, that dude. But other than like those ones, you never really see those anymore, which is a shame because it's a the, the one weapon arm thing is underrated. 
I, I do love that he has a drill for an arm, but like never uses it. <laughs> like he just punches. Ah, well, yeah. You know how it is. Like, I, I, I say that as a plus. I don't think that's a con. No, no, no. Um, I, I like the name of this next monster. The next monster is called Long-Haired Monster. Uh, she is like the like red, has like long white hair, um, shoots yellow beams from her like hands. Mm. Uh, but I, she's okay. I think she's also the one who comes out with the big pill. That was uh, her, yes. I just don't look. I just don't like the noise she makes. Ooh. It's like a very, like, it's a very scary screech. Spooky. But other than that, she's cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't even remember her. To be fair, a lot of, like, other than uh, the guy we just talked about and uh, the plant monster, a lot of them do just kind of, like, blend in together. But that's because, again, like I said, a lot of the fight scenes are just here's every guy all at once and they're all trying to they're all trying to vie for their spot so it's it it it, it is a little hard to discern individual monsters at some points so I'll, I'll give it but that what about much. the robo twins i love those dudes the, were fun these are last on the list these are the iron armor monsters i love them i loved the uh the spring-loaded heads and arms and everything that's such an interesting gimmick and I, I like the way they did it with a lot of, like, wire effects where the, they utilized it very well. The tag team stuff was very interesting. Uh, the fact that they are literally just the same guy twice, more or less, is... Uh, <laughs> it's it's interesting. Uh, it's a good way to uh, save a little money and, you know, make... It's it's smart for budget-wise because you, you don't really need to worry too much about the design you can just do it again and you know save a little bit and that it's smart where okay you have two guys who look exactly the same fight exactly the same bam there's an easy way to write a fight you've got two dudes with the same power at once how do they work together you know i think i think a lot of writers kind of fall where they want everybody to kind of be unique and they don't realize, oh, two dudes with the same ability can actually be very effective. And it's scary. Inframan's got to fight two of those guys at once. But also, I don't know how to articulate this bit, but when I, I think Inframan like throws them and they like bonk their heads down every step <laughs> of like a little yeah. of, of a little patch of stairs. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> The, the 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 slight tumble down the steps. Yeah. <laughs> Great moment. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, all the all the monsters have a lot of character to them. I, for the most part, I really liked all the designs. I did, wouldn't say I hated any of them. Uh, I think She Demon, other than her weirdo hands, is probably the most boring, and that's just because she's kind of she doesn't really have like a color palette. Her outfit's kind of generic Showa villain, Showa female villain, I guess is the better way to put it. Actually, she looks she looks identical to one of the bad guys from GoGo5. She Om- does. Almost identical. She does. That's what I was thinking the whole fucking time. Uh. But now we got, but, but what about uh, Dragon Mom? I Honestly, her costume was really, I really liked her dub voice actor too. She, she reminded me a lot of a uh, early Rita Repulsa. I was her, about to say the same thing. I wonder if that was an uh, an inspiration for the voice. I wouldn't be surprised. I love her. I love her fucking snake hand. 
that oh, yeah. that the tongue is the whip, but it's built into the hand. I don't know why, <laughs> but I, I I marked out for that. I was like, that's that's good shit. I it's like an, that. It's an ingenious use of it. I really do like your costume. It's uh, it reminds me of somebody. I was gonna say Ghidorah. We obviously said Ghidorah. It reminded me of somebody else, but I can't place it anymore. I'm gonna assume Can- from like Sentai. Not quite from Sentai, but uh, I mean, if you count like Saint Seiya, it reminds me a little bit of like the uh, ah. the class from Saint Seiya a little bit, but not not exactly what I was going to say. Uh, excuse me, Jay. I'm sorry. I have to stop you right there. Saint Seiya is not the real name anymore. It's Los Zodiacos del Caballeros. <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. Zark Zark's gonna get all over your ass if you don't say it right. That's whatever. <laughs> He's short. What's he gonna do? You need a stepladder to get me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know I love uh, you. Uh, but yes, uh, so going back to, again, t- to the monsters. I, I Again, the designs in general of pretty much everything I actually kind of liked. Of course, you all you have people running around in normal clothes or as normal as you can get for the 70s. True. Uh, the 70s were a lawless fucking time for fashion, <laughs> and I'm all for it. They were. Weren't we just? Uh, well, shit! We just came off from the seventies from Black Sun. Um, this was not. This was more fun than Black Sun. I should say. Though. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, it's uh, not not to be corny. It's like night and day between Black Sun and this. I didn't have an existential crisis with this movie. It's true. <laughs> I my my biggest thought on the monsters is how much they love being monsters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get such a... I love any time they're in the background just... Rah, 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 rah. Like, they're constantly moving. They're constantly talking. They're constantly making noise. And they they love what they do. I I especially love the moment when Princess Dragon Mom announces, like, we are going to take over the Earth and destroy the Earthlings. And they all go, yeah! yeah. They all start there, there, there was this one scene. I can't remember which monster it was. But there was this one scene where the monster was just like he was just he was just waddling around like man what the fuck let's fucking do something like he didn't have any lines he wasn't making any noise he was just like bro what the fuck where are we standing around for? let's fucking go man let's, let's go, go. <sighs> like he was like hyping himself the fuck up I'm like oh let's go dude <laughs> yeah no but uh, I would agree with you they all have a lot of energy to them and that makes them really entertaining. Whenever they aren't fighting Inframan, they're bummed. Uh, they want to be fighting Inframan, and they want to be tormenting the members of Science Headquarters. <laughs> Whenever they're not fighting Inframan, the monster should be asking, where's Inframan? <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that in there. I also, this is not a knock on the movie, but it's not really clear what Science Headquarters' purpose is. We're not really sure, like, what they're doing. Their purpose is science! Yeah. The... The building is a big satellite. Uh, there's a lot of buttons. There's a lot of lights. Um, they have a big screen. That's about all I can see out of their operation. They've got the <laughs> the slightly smaller science room where they built Inframan. Uh, that which, nobody knows about apparently. No, yeah, it's so secret. But um, you know, it's in a it's a dirty corridor with cracked concrete, guarded by exactly one dude. You know, <laughs> I, yeah. they're also just kind of a. A, a general uh, emergency service, like they're saving people from a fi- from the fires when Princess Dragon Mom first attacks. Mm. Um, I, I guess they also are just uh, yeah, just like fire brigade. Um, but also that's that's the introduction to Rayma, who later becomes Inframan, which I love. 
when he's just saving people from a burning building and then they're like, oh, you got to go become Inframan. He zooms off on his motorcycle. Like, All right. I, sure. I like, I like to, to go back real quick to the, uh, the, uh, the broom closet where Inframan was born. I love the fact that th- this is a little bit of a, of, of a shoot in the movie where the professor and Raymar are going in, right? The guy who's guarding the door opens the door and the guy, the actor obviously like thinks, oh, the door's going to be open as soon as they come in so I can just go walk right through. And he's like, oh, shit, it's not open fully. Uh, uh, I'm going to smoke my pipe. Uh, uh, improvise, Raymar. Improvise. Uh, keep it rolling. Shit. We'll do it live. Uh, I, I love moments like that in the movie where you can obviously tell, oh, the actor literally does not know what the fuck is happening. <laughs> I no, love yeah, the professor uh, actually though. I, I like the professor. He was uh he was a little generic to be fair, but then again, so wasn't a Lema, but uh no, they both had solid screen presence. He the professor was a uh, obviously he had that look to him of the um the wise sci- the scientist who's like also, like a, a warrior scientist kind of guy. Did, did, so, Jay, Jay, I have to ask you this. I have yeah. to. Did you notice his little tiny ponytail? No, I didn't. He had a little tiny ponytail. Didn't notice. I saw that, and the only reason I bring it up is because it freaked me the fuck out, because I thought, wait, is that a ponytail? <laughs> he's got a little fucking rat tail on the back of his head. What the fuck? Uh, he's That's be- not very professor-like. Uh, he, he's just hitting the style before it's popular. <laughs> no, uh, Inframan has some solid screen presence. He's a pretty good actor in this. I mean, obviously with the dub, it's hard to 100% judge. But no, I mean, uh, obviously I looked it up because uh, I, I thought I recognized him. No, it's uh, Danny Lee. He's He's got a pretty hefty career. Uh, he he kind of had a little bit of a breakout after this, which is nice. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's still in stuff. Uh, so what you're been, saying is he, that we should is, go find him and have him sign our Inframan copies. I you know what? It would probably be the first time in like 50 years. He'd probably uh, punch us. <laughs> probably he, he is super. He is super active in the Hong Kong film community still, and like also like produces and directs and writes in addition to acting. Yeah. Um, and I forget he's in a John Woo movie. He, he he's like is. The he's in uh, the Killer with Chow Yun Fat. Yes. And uh, coincidentally, he's also in City on Fire with Chow Yun Fat, both as uh, the other major character of the movie opposite him. Uh, which yeah, I mean, it was like that's where I was like, oh, that's where I recognize him from. He's the guy who isn't Chow Yun Fat in that movie. Not to you know obviously knock on him for anything. Of course, he's an amazing actor. I've seen him in a other stuff too but he's not chow yun fat he's not yeah no no one he has something above chow yun fat he didn't star in dragon ball evolution uh, there's that too <laughs> yeah he mm. has that over him at least yeah da- danny lee had a uh, inframan chow yun fat had the dragon ball movie oh ouch but uh ouch. It's also- <laughs> i i brought it up a little bit um, the only other actor that I recognized from this movie, uh, was that one asshole on science headquarter team. I like that. We're just calling them science headquarter team, uh, who always got, had to like vie for his spots where he does the same stuff in every single fight where he does a lot of like, like really, really overselling his martial arts abilities. And 
And the only reason I recognized him, and I'm going to sound completely insane describing this, is because he's a professional Bruce Lee impersonator. Yes. And yes. he is he has been in several of what they call Bruce exploitation movies, which Oh, are, I knew I recognized them. He's Bryce Lay. Yes. Yes, he is Fuck he's, off. No, he's, he's not really. He is he is Bruce Lay from Shut oh, up! Oh my god! I, he literally is from No, no, we're not we're not <laughs> So so AJ is reacting. Uh, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, exploitation was a unfortunately popular genre in the 80s and early 90s after Bruce Lee died, where uh, filmmakers would basically just make movies about Bruce Lee starring guys who kind of sort of looked like Bruce Lee, uh, and they would advertise them as being Bruce Lee movies to capitalize on his death. And so, I mean, uh, shit, sometimes that didn't even stop them. They could, they could look nothing like Bruce Lee. No, exactly. Uh, but Bruce Lee, who we're talking about is one of the most prolific, uh, prolific impersonator is usually not something that's high <laughs> on somebody's resume. I am but, uh, so mad, <laughs> but he's been in, he has been in a lot and they are, all terrible. Uh, the only one you in the audience has probably heard of is Clones of Bruce Lee because that's like the one that gets around the most. Hey, hey, I've watched Bruce Lee f- comes back from the grave. Okay. Uh, well, okay, we're you and I are not normal people in that regard. No, we're not. No, <laughs> we we watch this shit for a living. <laughs> it's true. But yes, uh, what's what's again AJ's uh, future sight curses him because he accidentally guessed the guy I was about to name. I, I hate this so much. <laughs> you know what, Jay? I think it's just at this point where we've we've done this for so long. We just know. Just so, just, it's like it's like spider sense at this point with us, man. <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, uh, <coughs> fun little segue there, bringing that up. Oh, actually, you know what? Uh, to kind of stick on that, what I will say about the 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 action because we'll get into the martial arts a little bit, but the action in general. I gotta give it to the stuntmen. These motherfuckers were taking some really nasty bumps. Like, like it, some of these kind of scared me. Where I was like, "Can someone go check on that guy? I think he might have hit his head." Or it's like, "Wow, you you guys are earning your fucking dollar here." Because they there were some scary bumps going on in this movie, and I gotta give them props for it. All right, all, all of the fights in this are like such a good blend of just like the the tokusatsu creature designs and obviously the design of inframan like the look of everything is so great and is so atypical of what you would find in these shaw brothers movies and then like also getting like the masters of action movies at the time to do it and getting like who i think are like some of the best fight choreographies fight choreographers in the world like all of these in-house shaw brothers guys like everyone who worked on this was just like guys they had in-house like they didn't get special guys they were like oh let's get one of the ultraman directors to come in from japan and do this it was just one of their guys yeah no that's honestly that's uh that's the thing i like is that even though they they very obviously take inspiration from other tokusatsu productions they they straight up copied music and sort certain elements (laughs) i'm not even entirely sure whether they they just did that because they could or they got permission. But I mean, 
it's it never feels like despite all of these these obvious parallels taken from other works like with the name and them copying like the Warner Brothers stuff and obviously all the stuff borrowed from Godzilla and Ultraman and all that it never feels like they're trying to rip it off it all feels genuine which I really appreciated watching this movie because I was I've seen a lot of not even necessarily just like Chinese but like non-Japanese tokusatsu even a lot of like third-party Japanese tokusatsu does this where it's it's just such a blatant cash grab ripoff of something that is already done they just they just put no effort in they're copying it directly shot for shot you know not even to go for like the low-hanging fruits like the the chayo production stuff which are just unwatchable garbage but even like I mean, fuck it. I'm going to catch some flack for this. Even, like, Gamera is, like, pretty obviously them trying to cash in on Godzilla. And there's a lot of things that they copy from Godzilla. Even just, oh, not even just with the... Oh, you are going to get shot I, for that. Listen, I fucking love Gamera. I, look, look, I, I do too. But, man, you are just asking to be found with... You're just asking to be found committing suicide with shot with two shotgun blows to the head or something man i'm jokes serious. on you i'm gonna, gonna do gonna that already and then house. blame you for it oh i just said gamera is gonna step on your house <laughs> well no dude look look i'll be honest we've, we've I, I pray it doesn't happen I look i'll be happen. honest dude like jay's already got a bunch of people coming after him gamera fans is like the least of his worries but still that's I mean, come on you, you gotta be careful jay i mean look i i adore the show <laughs> I'm speci- okay. Specifically, I am talking about the Showa Godzilla, the Godzilla, Gamera movies, not the Heisei ones, which are totally their own beasts. Like a lot of like the the Showa Gamera movies, they are pretty shamelessly copying from what Godzilla was doing, and I don't even say that as a negative for Gamera because I think they're great movies. But that's just kind of like generally what I mean is that like a lot of the the non big name ones like the non Toei or non Subaraya productions they all kind of just shamelessly borrow and like you can tell that they're doing it because that's popular and that's what we want to do we want to copy that because it's popular I never got that vibe from this movie it all felt like this is shit we love let's put this into the movie and let's copy it and for what it's worth they do it really well they it is very well made i feel like i've never seen it as a critique of this movie but more so as just like a comment on on like oh well they were just ripping off like common rider and ultraman but it's really cool um but well first of all nothing in the world is like this movie Mm -hmm. uh but also but even if it is like pulling from certain things this is so much its own thing and it is more so just used as like, oh, this thing is really popular. This would be a good template for one of our martial arts movies. Um, and that alone ma- makes it feel like such a separate thing uh, from the productions they were pulling from. Um, yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> See, that's what I, said, that's what I was going to say. Um, because Jay mentioned it as well. It just feels, even though there's obvious inspiration... They're not doing it just to, again, like Jay said, not to just cash grab. There's, they genuinely feel like this. This feels like something somebody wanted to make. This didn't feel like somebody said, "Oh yeah, we can make money off of this." No, I, I can totally feel from the suits to the action to the actors. Everybody feels like, no, we're here to make something fun. 
We want to make something fun. Why not? Let's let's have fun with this. Like, I, it's been a while since I've felt this much energy coming off from the actors alone. Where it's just like, oh, they're they're fucking into it. They're they're going at it. They they don't care how silly this is. They just they're just having the time of their fucking life with this. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And that's and that's the energy throughout. Because I know a lot of people like to say that Inframan is a movie that's just like, it's it's just methamphetamine, the movie, basically, where everything is happening. And that comes solely from just the energy and the vibe this movie gets. You know what movie gives me this kind of vibe, Jay? Another movie that gives me this, this exact vibe, and I know you, you know which one I'm going to say, is Godzilla Final Wars, where <laughs> they're just they're just having fun. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, the plot doesn't make sense? What are you going to do, fucking cry about it? Just have fun, asshole. That's what this movie is. Just have some fun. You know what? You're you're completely right. This is uh this is very similar to Final Wars and the general vibe of uh who give a shit. Let's just have <laughs> This is fun. Amazon's final judgment. Like just let's just go for it. <laughs> well, no, let's not go that far. There, you know, I mean no, to be fair, there were there was no there were no people eating here, but you know. There were murdered children though. So. <laughs> that's that's always a great criteria for you. It's true. You're, you're like, uh, you're like, uh, oh my god, I forgot the guy's name from Monster Vision. God damn it, uh, Bubba. Ah, fuck you, I can't remember. Joke canceled. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, Jake. I, I don't oh, know. Go if, for joke, sorry. I, I, I don't know if I have anything to even extrapolate off of this point, but just uh, the heart of what I love about this movie is it. And this is exactly what you guys were just saying, but it is just unfettered creativity. It is, and that—that's the criticism I've seen most. That it is like overstimulating. It's a bit too fast, which I get, but it's so packed with ideas, and every sequence has something interesting happening. Even if it's not your style, I think you just have to respect how balls to the wall it is. Oh, you know absolutely. What? In terms of... Yeah, I was going to say, you know what? Um, a friend of mine who watched this way before I did, uh, when I told him I was watching this, he said, don't go into it looking at a movie. Go into it as, what were you like playing with your superhero toys as a kid? <laughs> That's what it's like. It's like, a, it's yes. like, it's like yes. toys being played with. And I'm like, you know what? That's exactly what this movie is. When you were a kid playing with your toys, you, there was no plot. You just wanted Skeletor to kick Stone Cold Steve Austin to a volcano. Didn't make sense, but who cares? Hey, I could see it, that matchup. Hey, you know what? True. Like, <laughs> I can. Every sequence in this is either a fight or building to a fight. <laughs> the only scene I can think of where it's two people talking or having a heart-to-heart unrelated to the movie is when the professor is like talking to his daughter. Um, <laughs> yes. And like I, I I've seen this movie 5 times now. I don't remember what they talked about. Uh, I don't remember the context of the scene. Uh, all I remember is that it leads into them getting kidnapped, which means Inframan has to go save them. Naturally. Um, which is what which is what matters. Honestly, it was day, so that, that, that scene coming out was so weird cuz I was just like wait is the couch going to explode? Is she going to explode? <laughs> oh, my God. Is somebody, somebody going to burst out from the wall or something? Which actually kind of did happen. Uh, <laughs> you know what? You're right. It's like someone's going to just spontaneously combust. Just, just go. Just do it. I'm which, waiting. I think this movie is perfect as is, but if that scene had like five seconds in, Plant Monster jumps out of the wall and causes some more mayhem, I wouldn't have... No, nah, you know what? What would, what would that make, you know what would make that scene great? 
It's not an explosion, but for no reason. It's just like little sparklers on the couch. Just, just little sparklers <laughs> just on the couch. Because technically that's an explosion. So, hey, there's still explosions in the scene, guys. The, pr- the professor just looks it's like, why did I invent that? Why did I put sparklers in my ottoman? What was I thinking? <laughs> you know what? I did make Inferman, so whatever. <laughs> I would, you, just, you guys just reminded me of one of my favorite scenes. When the professor gives Inferman the... Thunderball fist, yes. which which feels like it feels like Mega Man. It feels like okay, we've got to we've got to go back to science headquarters to get an upgrade. I think that's so fun. He he gets a mid season upgrade thirty you know an hour into the movie, even though this is, <laughs> this actually you know what that's that's a good way that's that's kind of how I was uh, describing it to myself and to other people when I was telling them I was watching is like it it's reminiscent of like the really old common writer movies where it's, they just took a bunch of episodes. It's like a compilation movie almost where they, they just took a bunch of episodes with a loosely connected plot line, stitched them together and shot a couple new scenes. It feels like that as a whole movie, as a whole package. Yes. It, it totally works as is. And I won't, I, I won't lie. The fact that it does just kind of like jump around, like obje- on a, on a critical level, the fact that it does just kind of like jump around from random different plot lines. N- no. Yeah. I can, I can see where on like a, on a snooty objective level. Yeah. That's not particularly great. Oh, so like, who's level where he was trying to compare it to 54 Godzilla. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, right. We actually, it's funny. AJ and I were having a debate over, uh, which, which Batman movie was a more apt comparison to make fun of that comparison. Uh, but that's <laughs> not to, uh, retread. That's, how, old that's ground. how it goes, huh? That's how it fucking goes. Mm, not to retread old ground. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, who fuck, who fucking cares about that? It's it's so fun and it's so entertaining and slapdash. Just like, it's we we've all described it the same way. It's like we just put in a bunch of stuff we love into a movie, and who cares about the end result? It is a ninety-minute YouTube compilation. <laughs> we're we're Inframan, a show. This would be a 90-minute YouTube compilation that's titled, like, Inframan Best Bits, Inframan Best Fights, um, and that's perfect. Yeah, no, I would agree. <laughs> um, um, I, don't know, I don't know what we haven't gotten into plot-wise. Uh, I think we've covered all the basics. I think that's, uh, I can't think of anything I'm missing, so. I mean, that's, that's the plot. I just said everything go boom. I mean, well, so, that's the plot. Something I haven't touched on. I love, I love that every character is awesome. Like, it's not enough for Inframan to be awesome. Everyone in Science Headquarters has to be badass, <laughs> and they also have to be active in fights. I think it, I love. Uh, wait, yeah, no, I, all of them join in the fight. I think, with the exception of like the dude who gets brainwashed, who he gets brainwashed <laughs> and then does absolutely nothing. And then dies, it honestly dies in a shockingly violent way. I forgot about Where, that. When they throw him into the yeah, pit. Yeah, she's just like, I've got a bottomless pit here, you know, right next to your desk, which, you know. Bet. Well, you see, okay, so you've got your evil brainwashing machine, the pit to a fiery nothing, and then your villain desk, all within like 20 feet of each other. I, 
You might want to space that out a little bit. Just look, just look, saying. look. This is a studio evil lair. We're li- we're in we're in Cali. We don't have many places to go. <laughs> they're already but split. That- they're already splitting the rent with Rita Repulsa and the motherfuckers from from fucking Go Ranger. Okay. I mean, if you sleep at Princess Dragon Mom's lair, she's like, you've got to sleep over the bottom of this pit. <laughs> look, hey, look, slept, look, Jay, look, Jay. Jay, it was either an extra bedroom or hot dogs for that dinner, okay? It's one or the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah hot, hot dogs are good. No, uh, <laughs> honestly, I, they get they get a lot of mileage out of that bottom, the, the quote-unquote bottomless pit. Like, the, the it's, brainwashed it's, dude gets thrown into it and, like, you see him. I love it because every time somebody falls down, it you see them hit the side of the pit and bounce off, which is great. I loved that. It's no more but, a bottomless pit than the one Tomo fell down. No, exactly. <laughs> but no, like you see them like hard cut them hitting the ground in like immediately spontaneously disintegrating in a ball of fire. Not only does uh, the brainwashed dude fall down, she demon falls down. And Inframan almost falls down, but of course, because he's Inframan, he just says Nabra and climbs back out, which is great. Uh, honestly, no, speaking of just like, I loved, we've already talked about like the violence, but I loved just how vi- immediately violent it got near the end of the movie. We're like, Inframan just does not care. He knows the movie's over and he's just like not giving a shit. Like with the, the iron armor dudes. He like he twists them up and gets them all tangled up and like you see them like sparking from the overload, which is which is just kind of like it's a little gross, honestly. Like not even like a not even in a bad way. It's just like oh my god, ugh, oh I feel bad. But then like when he's fighting She Demon, who who does basically nothing, <laughs> he cuts her hands off and then throws her down the bottomless pit. It's brutal. Which the it's super brutal. And then Inframan did she demon dirty. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like he, like he could have stopped with cutting the hands off and then been like, "All right, whatever." Uh, Look, he just sorry, walked away. Sometimes, sometimes Jay, a motherfucker just got to go down the pit. It's true, but then, uh, honestly, the fight with uh, Princess Dragon Mom is is great because it it's honestly surprisingly long. Where where it's like it starts. And then she suddenly somehow figures out Inframan's weakness because, uh, plot. Uh, which again, kind of like, it's where it feels like it's a compilation of scenes because it's it's like the end of the the original Common Rider where, oh, suddenly Rider 1 and Rider 2 have a weakness and this is the only time we're ever going to use it and mention it. And then they just beats it, which is great. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, uh... If you ever get into this very specific trap, uh, your weapons will be able to break you out of it, which I'm glad you thought ahead, Professor, thankfully. But no, the fight with... I, Sorry, go ahead. I you, you have been circling around my big take on the character of Inframan, which I think is so fascinating. Mm. He, like, defies every expectation of what a protagonist should be. Oh, yeah. And what an audience expects out of a protagonist, where... You know, we like flawed heroes. And again, we were talking about Christ earlier. <laughs> this dates back to, like, Hercules and, I swear, Jesus Christ. And all of the myths and heroes uh, that we've had stories of for thousands of years. Inframan does not have flaws. 
uh, he pretty much never makes a mistake or does anything bad. Uh, even when he's Rayma, Rayma doesn't have any problems or issues. Uh, also, Rayma does not have uh, any human connections. Uh, he does not have friends or family or really anything to fight for. Uh, he just seems to want to be Inframan and want to go on this uh, quest because it would be cool. Yeah. Uh, and there's no tension. Uh, and this would be, uh, in a lot of movies, this would be the source of like, well, this is a bad narrative or this is poorly written because there's no tension in anything that's going to happen to him. <laughs> it's just like he gets thrown into a pit. Well, he flies back out. Uh, and then he gets frozen. Well, he thaws the ice. Uh, and the only reason it works, I think, is because Inframan's really awesome, and I like him. Uh, I think that's really what it comes down to. Like, I'm never like, well, there was no, like, like a bozo modern filmmaker uh, with the bit where he's frozen. He gets frozen in ice. They would do it like oh, he's really dead and he's really frozen and everyone's like reacting and everyone's like, like it's the belly of the whale moment. Mm. Everyone is like, we lost Inframan. The fight is over. Pack our stuff and go home. We might as well go jump in the bottomless pit. And then, oh, maybe you see like a little twitch of the fingers and then he like slowly reaches for his darts and then he melts the ice. Like there's a build to it. In this, he figures it out in like a half a second and he just does it. Uh, And it's cool. (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, like, I, I would agree with you. Like, uh, objectively, no, he's not a very good protagonist because he, let's face it, he's boring and he's he's like, he's kind of like what, what stupid people think Superman is, that he's a boring Boy Scout with no personality who's invincible. And you know what? That's why he's fun. He's, he just has absolutely, <laughs> like, absolutely no challenge at all. He just completely well, steamrolls everybody. It, it goes back to the idea. Inframan is your favorite toy. Your favorite toy is not going to lose. No, hey, he's, he's frozen. Okay. Well, he just gets out because <laughs> he's fucking Inframan. Well, that who cares? It doesn't make sense. I'm going to blow up Skeletor again. Yeah. It, it, it is playground logic of like, you're frozen. Well, I melt it. Well, I cast a, a thunderbolt at you. Well, I have a shield that deflects thunderbolts. Uh, well, I have a sword that breaks the shield, and then like it just goes on forever. But Inframan always wins. Uh, but I think that's yeah. I think that uh, that's a good way to compare it because I was gonna go t- into the final battle with Princess Dragon Mom, where she turns into her monster form, and it's just like it's constant like ultimate super move after ultimate super move, and it's it it's it gets to such a ridiculous level where Inframan just straight up cuts her head off, and she just immediately grows another head back. Which I I cap- it happens like five times. Yeah, I, that's exactly. I started laughing like an idiot when that happened. He's like, she grows her head back. All right, cuts it off again, grows it back again, and she's like, cuts it off again. And like at this point, when she grows her head back the third time, you'd think Inferman was like, all right, I'm gonna try something different. No, he cuts her head off five times in a row. And then he's like, all right, now to use something else. It really is just like playground logic. It's like, oh, well, I cut your head off. I have another. I'm going to do it again. 
I have another. It just keeps going. <laughs> I was I was legitimately expecting them to go on longer. I'm kind of surprised they restrained themselves to only five. In, 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 you in think an, it's going to go on forever. In another movie, the credits would start rolling. <laughs> I uh, Literally, if I was doing it, fade, I would have cut away black. to like the professor or whatever escaping or helping stop the whatever. And then there'd be like, it would be like 20 heads on the ground and they're still. Oh doing no, you know what? <laughs> I would totally do the winds world thing where like, they're, they're still cutting her. Like he, they're still like regrow, cut, regrow, cut. But people are all around. Like the crew's coming on to keep, to clean up the set around them. <laughs> like they're cleaning up There's the set. They're sweeping. Swipe, they're sweeping it. And then at the end of the credits, they just turn off the lights on them. <laughs> I would totally do that shit. <laughs> Uh, but it, but it's great, and again, you know, and then it ends because you know, Inframan's Inframan's cool. That that's it. Inframan is cool. He wins. Bye, everybody. I, while we're st- while we're still conversationally inside of Mount Devil, which is a great name, I love. I think, not exaggerating, my favorite production design in any movie I could think of. Uh, ever the design is so cool. I love the like swirly, trippy backgrounds. I love the puddles of water. Uh, I love the bridge. Like there's like panels of buttons. Like it's so none of it like fits together, but it's awesome. I also love the big like I love the ice cavern. I love the big skull inside. I love the whole thing. I also I really like that Princess Dragon Mom has a flag. I really like that she has a flag and an emblem. They have a little emblem that they can put on stuff. It's a lot of fun. I also like that Princess Dragon Mom has a desk. Yeah, yeah, I like her her evil business desk. <laughs> Actually, uh, Phil made the comparison to um, Ken Burns for like uh, like the old James Bond stuff, and yeah, I can really see it. It's got that kind yes. of Bond villain layer vibe to it, where it honestly with the uh, the science headquarters as well has that very uh, retro futurist James Bond look to it. I was I was more seeing like a like a Jerry Anderson vibe with a lot of it, you know, I, like like a science headquarters, the costumes, the 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 aesthetics, very reminiscent of like Captain Scarlet and stuff like that too. But I really like it. I really do like her layer and everything. It's it's such an interesting mishmash of ideas, but it all works. It just works. It, it it's. A- both Science Headquarters and Mount Devil are just incredible production design. It's so cool to look at. There are so many parts. Like, it feels like a big toy where, like, parts just keep opening and you're like, oh, and there's, like, a little ice cave in there, too. And you really get the feeling that it's like, okay, we have the budget to make two sets. And we're really going to be spending a lot of time in both of them. So let's make them look really good so the audience doesn't get bored of looking at it. Um like like the the two sets we spend probably like half an hour inside, uh, and I also just wanted to say, science headquarters obviously also has a great design, but I really like that the professor has a rotating desk in the center that he like rotates depending on who he's talking to. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. No. The I I would agree. That's a nice little touch there too. It uh, it's very natural for the whatever kind of team they're supposed to actually be but that general role that he has the the commissioner type it fits it fits his character i the the actor who plays the professor i don't have his name on hand but he was also in a john woo movie i think he i think he plays like the the head inspector in a better tomorrow 
but it do- it does make me a little bit sad that like every actor in this movie is so good and they're so fun and they're giving it like such an insane energy that's on the perfect wavelength for this movie. It is sad that they're like they were all like three years short of like Chow Yun Fat and Tony Lung and like filmmakers like uh, uh, John Woo like really getting international acclaim and becoming like stars in Hollywood. Uh, it feels like if Inframan was made like three to five years later, uh, like, like I do think some of these people would have popped up in American movies. Like the actors who play Inframan and Princess Dragon Mom and She Demon are all great. Oh yeah. No, I, I would agree with you there. Uh, it definitely feels before it's time in a way where if this came out, like two or three years later and it, it would have really exploded when uh like godzilla and that kind of stuff was really starting like kung fu stuff was really starting to explode here in america shit so, ultraman i mean yeah even ultraman was starting to come out over here and that that exploded pretty big so i pr- i pray to god we get a shin in from it oh it's, my god it's so fucking damn it it's so funny eight last night aj said the same exact thing that was this morning was this morning? Or yeah, really? it was today. Uh, well, it's funny that you say that, Lucas, because AJ said the same exact thing. And I told him, and I'm going to tell you this, is that somebody actually tried to pitch that. They, I forget the director's name, uh, but he did a movie called Bravestorm, which uh, is a movie I've been meaning to see, even though it took like seven years to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh he had said that he tried to get the rights to do uh, a big, I don't even necessarily say edgy, but like a big budget modern redo of Inframan. And I think that kind of stalled out, but honestly, I'd be down for it. I would be down for seeing a modern day Inframan. I think that would be really interesting. With more explosions. Yes. Um, I, I th- oh, you no, no, it's AJ. fine, it's fine. I think the prospect of like a Shin Inframan or just like any kind of Inframan remake, it feels so locked into like this particular era and like like the the color in the set designs and the creature designs feel so of its time. I don't know how you could update it the same way. Like, like you can take Common Rider and like, oh, now it's in 2022 and it's modern and it's badass and it's sleek. I, I don't know if this would translate as well. Obviously, I would love to see it. Um, I also feel like, I feel like in the year 2023, like, couldn't you just like do it? Like, are the are, are the sons and grandsons of the Shaw brothers gonna come after you? Uh, I mean, probably. I mean, there's still there, <laughs> there is still you know the the little issue of copyright. I mean, you could probably make one yourself, but like, if you wanted to do like actually Inframan, yeah, you probably you'd. Ah, uh, uh, but J J J J, not Inframan, <laughs> Bin from Man. Oh, yeah, Bin Bin, bin from Man, and, and he's not, and he's not, uh, he's not Ferrari red. He's Apple red. Oh, you're right. That, uh, that, and it's not and it's not print and it's not Princess uh it's not Princess Dragon Mom. It's uh Senator Wervin <laughs> daughter. That's good. Yeah, all right. Uh, works for, that works for me. Look, look, I look, man, look, I've seen 
Ultraman wear jeans for fucking pants before? I've got uh, this. <laughs> I, re- I needed to remind you of that. You have to remember every day of your life that that exists. I have that uh, picture still on my PC, by the way. I hope so. I send it to I send it to uh, my local Catholic church every once in a while, uh, <laughs> just just so they can pray the the sin away. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, I have a feeling that I think we've kind of we've kind of spoken on everything we've needed to with uh, Mister Infra the Man here. I think. Uh, so, I think I've hit all the points I wanted to hit. Uh, Lucas, we go through your eight pages worth there. I think. I'm running through my notes right now. I mean, again, I told you guys before the call, a lot of this is like, Inframan is cool. The monsters are cool. One of my notes just says rotating desk in all caps <laughs> with a bunch of explanation marks. I also wrote down Mount Devil Rocks. Uh, I think I I think I think said that. I wrote down, yeah. I, I'm in love with Princess Dragon Mom. Ooh, nice. Um, oh, how about That's usually Phil's but, perspective. I know, right? I think my I think my last thought on the movie it, it I was thinking about uh, this movie does have a few like obviously Roger Ebert gave it two positive reviews. Um, uh, Tarantino is a noted fan of this movie. Uh, Inframan was the inspiration for the design of the current Ant Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, and so like there's a few like supporters of this movie in like the film critic community in the filmmaking community. And it has had somewhat of an impact on, uh, modern filmmaking, uh, even bleeding up to, as I said, the design of one of our biggest characters, uh, the lovable Ant-Man. But it is uh, a little bit sad that it has never gotten to the cult status of like a police story or a Godzilla or, or, or something like international genre movies that have really hit it big in America and over time accumulated, uh, like everyone being like, yeah, this movie rocks. Um, so I hope in my heart of hearts, uh, we'll see some more Inframan love in the near future. I would agree with you. Yeah. Um, we've talked about it before. I think it's just kind of that underlying stigma of tokusatsu to a mainstream audience where, I mean, stuff like Godzilla gets a pass, but everything else is still kind of like, it's still a little too goofy for the normal person. So I think that's probably what's kept it. But I would honestly agree. This needs to get more recognition. This definitely needs to be... It needs to be one of those movies that everybody... like, One of those great cult science fiction special effects movies. I, I would chalk it up a lot to... Um, to be fair, and, and this is something that I don't think anyone can disagree with... Godzilla and Ultraman are some of those things that are just like they're just grandfathered in. Uh, I know Rob, he uh, when he was still on, he mentioned something about the Japanese expansion to the U.S. and they brought specifically uh, Ultraman and Godzilla here. I mean, shit, the the fact that my father knows of Godzilla so prominently was because of that, and I think they're just grandfathered in. I feel like if the Shaw brothers or whoever brought Inframan at just... I mean, Jay mentioned it as well. If they had brought it in at just that time, we may have actually had Inframan all over the place right now. Though, who knows how much that would have actually caught on. But I don't know. I I feel that if it did come out around that time, we would have had way more Inframan love. And to be fair, I find this to be a 
hilariously entertaining movie. It's definitely going to be one that I'm going to be showing my friends because they love this kind of bullshit. And I would love to show more people this kind of thing because it's just a fun time. Like, I, I, again, I can't remember the last time I had so much fun just watching a movie have fun. Like, it's that infectious of a movie. And I, I have a feeling that eventually, if maybe, maybe if some, is this on Tokushatsu? It's not, right? No, if Tokushatsu, if, no, it's not. If Tokushatsu picks this up, or hell, if Vinegar Syndrome picks this up, which they fucking should, by the way, if Vinegar Syndrome picks this up and releases it on like Blu ray or something, or, I mean, shit, uh, Criterion does stuff like this sometimes. Might not do something like that. I, I would I would pray for a Criterion release. I, it's also I would uh I would start I would sign a petition for it personally. Yeah. I there's also I think a bit of a holdup for it gaining some traction for a modern audience is there's no like good release of it. Like mm. there's no Blu-ray release. You can rent it on Amazon, but the quality isn't great like it's not full hd uh and like yeah there's a bunch of light like it's on the internet archive and stuff and you can watch in like 480p or whatever uh and, and currently it's a arrow video is putting out like once a year they do a few shaw brothers movies in like a collection uh and this year was volume two uh and i would hope uh in the next volume or something they include inframan because it would be a, a very fun inclusion and i think it's Obviously, my favorite of the Shaw Brothers movies, hmm. and I think it deserves some place in the canon of like these Hong Kong genre movies. Uh, but also, you guys were making me think, uh, you know, like Godzilla, Power Rangers, Common Rider. It's like when it's brought to an international audience, it's like, oh, well, we got to normal this up a little mm. bit. Uh, you know, these guys in ZU Ranger, they go to high school now, uh, you know, so they make it a little bit more palatable to an American audience. And I love um, when they brought it to America, which like 1978 America, like you can't, you can just be like, yeah, it's like crazy. It's like Star Wars, whatever. Uh, go watch a cra crazy movie. But the tagline in America when this came out in like, I think 1978, the tagline was like, the man beyond bionics. And that was the line they always said in the trailer. And I think it's such a funny hook that they were like, yeah, this is like the $6 million man. It kind of like, That is. was the only way. That was the only way. I, I agree. But I think it's very funny that that was the reference point for like, how can we make this palatable to an American in the year 1978? Uh, and that was the best they came up with. And again, I agree. I mean, hey, that's a that's a solid way to uh, put it. That's probably the the closest comparison you're going to get at the time. So I would I. I uh, you know what? I agree. I think that's a a good way to look at it. Um, but yeah, uh, I think the it lacking easy access of decent quality is definitely a a hindrance for it. So I ho hopefully I agree. Hopefully that comes uh sometime soon. I I would say it has a better chance because I mean as Jay and I both know, uh, Commoner has become. It's exponentially more popular than it's ever been in the United States, which is a very good thing thanks to Team Kamen Rider. Not a shill, by the way. Uh, where's my check? But <laughs> uh, it's it's become exponentially more popular down here. And I think because of that, and because of the popularity of a lot of foreign films, especially from Japan and Korea, or South Korea, I should say, I think 
we have a better chance more than ever that some of these movies come over that maybe we never would have gotten a chance to see this one included because you know you see stuff like again power rangers and ultraman it's like i can definitely see someone's picking this up like you know if criterion actually does it again if a criterion come on you're making fucking money over here you might as well so they picked it up for like i don't know a blu-ray release because uh, Jay, I don't know if Jay knows this, but the one that we watched was a Blu-ray release. This was from the Blu-ray from Hong Kong. Hmm. Um, I did, uh, I think uh, the archive page mentioned that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, obviously, it's not to the quality of the Hong Kong release. Probably, I, I, yeah. you know, I fucking hope not, because if that's the case, Jesus, what happened to the original film? Um, but yeah, so you know, if Hong Kong could get it, they're probably already a perfectly good remaster of this movie. That's just waiting to be brought to America. And even if, you know, unfortunately, I say it like this, even if you want to sell it as a, whoa, wacky Asian superhero film, guys, whoa, wacky, Mm -hmm. at least then I could see, all right, you know what? At least then I could probably see someone picking it up for curiosity's sake. But yeah, I mean, fuck, I I love this movie. It's a a fun time. I, I, I didn't need to get drunk. I was already drunk watching it. So fuck it. Go watch this movie. If you are some kind of freak who listened to this entire discussion without having ever seen this, uh, it's 85 minutes of fun. Uh, and that's really the only way I can pitch it. <laughs> Lucas, Lucas, Lucas. You, you obviously haven't been around long enough. People watch our show without watching it, without watching the actual show multiple times. And we've been got, and people have gotten mad at us for spoiling these things. It's hilarious. <laughs> Happens all the time. For fuck's sake, we had a three-hour discussion about Black Sun, and people were like, you shouldn't spoil Black Sun. I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Wait, what the hell? Godzilla fights Mecha Godzilla? Oh my god. The the good guys win? What the fuck, guy? I can't believe you told us that. Oh my god. Vanny Knights ends with the harem loser getting killed and his sister being eaten. How? I mean, everyone should see that coming, to be honest. I like that's so predictable. You look at you look at that show and like, yeah, obviously that's how he, it's going to And then end. he wakes up naked on a slab in front of a Mayan pyramid. I mean, come on, cliche. He's going to open up a briefcase and find his own corpse in there. And like, uh, come on, that's like that's filmmaking one hundred and one. My dog I, could do that. Citizen Kane called. It wants its twist back. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, fucking, you know, Lucas. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned this to you when we when we talked last. Uh, go watch Vanny Nights. <laughs> You're gonna you you think Inframan's crazy? That shit will put you like in a trance. Uh, Wait, what is it called? I'm I'm trying to look it up right now. Uh, the full title is Variable Nymphant Nights. Okay. It's not porn, yeah. we swear. I, no, it's not. Yeah, it, it looks like it is. It is filmed like porn, but <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've got it pulled up right now. I, I, I'm putting that in my back pocket. Oh, God, that Smart. fucking show. Dude, I, I sent that to a, to a cousin of mine. Uh, he hasn't talked to me since he, he watched it. <laughs> I don't uh, know is, that are you sure this. he's alive uh you know what he his mind might have been broken like uh like a literal mind break from Yu-Gi-Oh. uh mm. but anyways with that being said guys we have exhausted everything we have to say about uh, inf- I, god damn it not ultraman inframan or chinese superman as the uh the plebeians call it but yes we have spoken all about uh inframan today Go watch it. Seriously, I can't recommend it. I don't think anybody here can recommend it hard enough. 
But that also being said, I lost my train of thought. Anyways, with that also being said, that's going to be the end of this episode. Next time you come to this episode, don't actually don't come to this episode. That's very gross. But yeah. next time you no. come to the podcast if, again, don't if do you, that. If you want to, if you want to do that, just uh, just hit my DMs up. We'll we'll discuss something. You gotta send them to Phil. Throw him a bone. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> 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 the verbiage on this podcast is top fucking notch. phrasing. I know, right? Anyways, but yes, yeah, so the next time the next time we come at you, god damn it, the next time we're here, we will be talking about. Toshiki Inoue's Romantic Apex Common Rider Kiva. Um, yeah. That, that <laughs> show is going to be a fucking fever. God damn it. We're not going to escape. You know what? What if Variable Infant, like, what if Vanny Knights has a season two we just don't know about? Fucking just out of nowhere. Um, I, God, I don't think I can handle that. I think that would be like, I think that would be like a creepypasta or something. Because <laughs> it's like, like oh, a second season just spontaneously. And then Alice itself. looked at me and said "fuck," and my mom came in and said, "Did you say fuck? It wasn't me, mom. It was Alice." A- a- Ar- Aris looks directly at me and says my IP address. <laughs> oh my god! Don't even get me started on that shit. And and then the the Lavender Town theme backwards started playing. <laughs> I can't. I can't even say hyper realistic blood because the show already did that one. <laughs> oh, dude, it's true. Um, but no. Uh, Actually, he, you know, know what? Now that I think about it, that show kind of already did like creepy pasta shit, where it's like, it oh, there's just a creepy pasta. This visual novel that started driving people insane. Like that's. It made a man <laughs> throw a baby off a cliff. Oh no, some stairs. It, it sorry, got to make sense. Um, honestly, it's gonna be like Cheetah Men too. No one knew it existed until they broke into a warehouse. <laughs> You know what? If that if that uh thing happens in Japan next year and we all go, uh, I hope Maji Rangers writer is there so we can ask him what the fuck that was. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he's gonna be like, you guys, it's no, you know what? Again, to use the creep pasta algae, it's gonna be like in dead that part in Dead Bart where the dude goes up to Matt Groening and he gives him like <laughs> a sheet of paper to find the uh the last episode. We're gonna go up to him and talk about it, and he's gonna. He's going to hand us a flash drive with the secret second season on it. <laughs> oh, oh boy. What, I, I, Jesus. <laughs> I know we're winding down, but what is Dead Bart? Oh, my God. Oh, you've never. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, you know what creepypastas are, right? Y- yeah. So, yeah. so Dead Bart is like <laughs> the first of what they call lost episode creepypastas, where it's like somebody does mm-hmm. a horror story, but like, oh, there was this episode of a show and it went missing because it's secretly evil and it's cursed and people die and violent things happen. And like, it's, it's really bad. And it's, it's basically what the title says. It's Bart dies and that's the episode. And it's like played a hundred percent straight and it's really violent and gross. And it's, yeah, it, it like opens and Homer's crying or whatever. No, it's Actually, like, you know, that happened. You see, I mean, I, I, I love, yeah, those. it's stuff like that. I'll, I'll read it after this. <laughs> and then Homer says the fuck word. Um, I love. I, I love. This will be my last thought because I know we're running out of time. Oh but yeah. I, I my favorite genre of creepy pasta is whenever someone uh, like buys a haunted game. <laughs> um, 
Like I went to a swap meet and I bought a haunted Super Mario World. Uh, That's so funny, dude. dude haunted swear, haunted gaming can, is such a great genre. If you ever can Trash. look up the uh, look up the Oni plays uh, Game Boy SP Blue Edition creepypasta. I that, I die every time I hear that fucking video. That video fucking kills me. Um, no, but yeah, it, honestly, dude. When you think about it, Jay, if you just add a little twist to some of the shows that we've stumbled across, they can just be creepypastas like Daddy <laughs> Nights. Doguchan had like a few of those too. Oh my god, yeah. Doguchan, Vanny Nights. I mean, Makai Senki literally had a fucking episode that was just a fucking creepypasta. Uh, uh, actually, no, to be fair, Yami Taro was just a fucking creepypasta at some point. It was. What was uh? I was just about to say another one, but I can't remember. Damn, blanking on it. <laughs> Evolver is a tr- is a true scary. No, time. I didn't want to say Evolver. Uh, Damn, now I'm blanking. Doguchan, Never mind. Many nights, something something along the lines of like weirdo not in Toei kind kind of things. Mm, yeah. Mm, oh I well. Have to look, I have to look back on the uh, the little uh, Rolodex of stuff we've done. But yes, again. <laughs> Uh, as usual, we go like 17 hours over our ending. But yes, the next time we come at you, we will be doing Common Rider Kiva. As always, I am AJ. That's Jay. Good night, everybody, and uh, go watch this movie now. And again, thanks for coming on. That is Lucas. Thank you for having me, and thank you for letting me talk about Inframan. Uh if anyone wants to hear me talk to talk about Inframan for 20 hours, I'll do it anytime. You could just do that. You could do like one of those video essays that's like seven hours. Like speaking of like everything about Inframan, you could do that. That's in now. Um, but yes, so again, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you whenever we do Kiva. Bye. Good night. Goodbye.